Reformation each Sunday in October as we look at five great themes of the Reformation. They are often called the five solas of the Reformation because each of these themes has a Latin phrase that uses the word sola, and the word sola means alone. And today the, the, the theme is sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. And just a reminder, as we have already uh, been reminded of this morning, that if we are really going to celebrate the Reformation, then we need to continue in the convictions of the Reformation. If we're not doing that, we really can't truly celebrate uh, the Reformation. And so today we look at Scripture alone. And with each of these themes, I am going to do my best to give you a little bit of historical context so that you can understand why these themes became such an important issue uh, 500 years ago. And so in terms of Scripture alone, uh, by the time that we arrive in the 1500s, if we're looking at history, and church history in particular, by the time we get to the 1500s, when Martin Luther was alive, the Roman Catholic Church had drifted far away from the authority of the Word of God. And if you were to ask the question, what determines what we ought to believe and how we ought to live, the Roman Catholic Church would have said, Scripture and the Pope and church councils, and things like that. And so their answer to the question, what ought we to believe and how ought we to, um, uh, to live our lives, Scripture was only part of uh, the source for um, determining doctrine, what we ought to believe and how we ought to live. Of course, when you think about the addition of the Pope and church councils and, and, and things of those nature, what was happening in his day is that things were being added that were not found in the Scripture. Things were being added to believe and do that were contrary to the Scripture. And if you look at the church history, too, you realize that what the popes and these councils have said over the years changed. And so Martin Luther in his day, and others too, began to recognize that this was a major problem and that our source of authority for what we ought to believe and how we ought to live our lives needed to be Scripture alone, the Word of God alone and nothing else, not popes, not councils. And so Martin Luther was essentially calling for the church of the day to get back on track, to get back to the authority of Scripture. And so that phrase, sola scriptura, Latin for Scripture alone, became one of the great themes of what we now call the Protestant Reformation. Of the five themes we're going to look at, this one really is the foundational one. Scripture alone. Because all of these other themes that we could focus on are really dependent upon looking into the Scriptures for answers to questions in life, for what we ought to believe and how we ought to live. And so this really is the foundational one. Scripture alone. As we consider that theme this morning, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at a few verses from this chapter that really would, would focus in on Scripture alone and how we ought to be Scripture alone kind of people. So let's read these verses and then we can uh, look more closely at them. Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 6. A voice says, Call out. Then he answered, What shall I call out? All flesh is grass. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, 
the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Lord, as we have the chance to study your word again this morning, we pray that you would help us, help us to come to a right understanding of of the verses that we have just read. And help us to see, Lord, how practical and relevant this is for us today. And Lord, as we think about the Reformation 500 years ago, we ask that you would keep us steadfast in your word, just as Martin Luther sought to do 500 years ago. And so, Lord, thank you for giving us the Bible. And help us, Lord, to understand what a, what a treasure we have in having the Bible. Help us to stand on the authority of your word alone and nothing else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we take a closer look at these verses, you'll notice that really when it comes down to it, there are two statements that are being made, two true statements. And first of all, that humanity withers and fades. You'll notice it starts in verse 6 with this, uh, this statement, a voice calling out, uh, a voice says, call out, a response, what shall I call out? And here's the content of what was to be called out and proclaimed to the people. Well, all flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades. And so there's a little bit of repetition here, but but that main point is that humanity withers and fades. It starts out by describing humanity in terms of all flesh. Eventually it says at the end of verse 7 that that the people are grass. And so what we're speaking about here is, is humanity, mankind, that mankind withers and fades. And not only that, but it says in verse 6 that all of the loveliness, too, of humanity withers and fades. And that would be a way to simply describe the... uh, what we would perceive as being humanity's greatness and glory and power and wisdom, man's ideas, man's plans, and all of the achievements that that mankind has accomplished in history, all of that loveliness that could go along with humanity and and the history of human beings, uh, the statement is made here that humanity and all of its loveliness withers and fades. And there's a, um, a comparison that is made here Uh, In these verses, uh, humanity and its loveliness is compared to grass and to flowers. And some of you might think, well, I like flowers, so this is good news, right? I like flowers. But notice that, that grass and flowers accurately illustrate how humanity and all of its loveliness eventually withers and fades away. We're familiar with the statement, here today and gone tomorrow. That's the point. That humanity and all of its loveliness, its greatness, its glory, its power, its wisdom, its plans, its accomplishments, whatever you want to throw into that category, humanity withers and fades away, just like grass and flowers. Now this would have been a very fitting comparison for the prophet Isaiah to give the people of Israel, because Israel is located in a region that has very distinct wet and dry seasons. And so the people would have been very familiar with how 
a, a kind of a green, lush hillside. There's grass, there's flowers. They would have been familiar with how in just a very short period of time, when the hot, dry winds begin to blow, that that nice, lush, green hillside is brown. The flowers are gone. The grass is brown. These things have withered and faded away. And we don't like to always think in this way. Because humanity in its pride likes to look at the things they've accomplished, their wisdom, their power, their glory, and feel like it's something that will last forever. We look upon things as being greater than they actually are sometimes. But the truth is that humanity in all of its loveliness withers and fades away like grass and flowers. The same statement is made in Psalm 103, verses 15 and 16. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. There can be moments where certain things of humanity seem to be so impressive and great just like flowers flourish for a time. But the prophet Isaiah declares the truth to us, that humanity in all of its loveliness, it withers and fades away. But in contrast to that, you'll notice in verse 8 how there is one very brief but very powerful statement made. In contrast to humanity withering and fading away, Isaiah declares, but the word of our God stands forever. So he's giving us a contrast. Humanity in all of its loveliness, it withers and fades away. And if we look at history, that is what we see, don't we? Yes, there's moments of, of seeming uh, greatness and glory and, and some pretty in, um, incredible discoveries and inventions, and we recognize that. But at the same time, what we find throughout history is that kingdoms come and go. People rise and they fall. And the greatness and glory of some of these things very quickly wither and fade away. They crumble into nothing. Kingdoms are destroyed. People come and go. But the word of our God stands forever. Another way of saying it is that the Bible will remain for all times. God's word will remain for all times because ultimately it is from God himself. And because the Bible is God's word, it is true and it is trustworthy. And there's so many scriptures we could look at today as we consider that theme, Scripture alone, as we focus on the importance of God's word, the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God. It literally means breathed out by God. And so we see that ultimately... The source of the Bible is God himself. He is ultimately the author of this book. But we recognize that God used men to write it down for us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 reminds us that men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And so the Bible is ultimately God's word, but God used men to write it down, guided by the Holy Spirit, so that what they wrote was exactly what God wanted them to write. And we're reminded in Hebrews 4, verse 12, that the Word of God is living and active. And we read this morning from, from 1 Peter for our Scripture reading, 
quoting some of these verses from Isaiah 40, reminding us about these very important truths, that the word of the Lord endures forever, that the word of God is living and active. God's word stands forever. And in practical terms, this means a whole lot for us today. This is very relevant for us today. If you want to know the truth about salvation, about forgiveness, about heaven and hell, you need to look to the Bible and the Bible alone. That's where you find the truth about those most important things in life. When you have questions about right and wrong, look to the answers that God's Word provides. When you need guidance in life, look to the wisdom that God's Word provides. When you go through difficult times in life, look to the comforting promises that God's Word provides. God's Word stands forever. President Teddy Roosevelt was right when he said that a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. He was right, wasn't he? Worth more than, a whole lot more than a college education uh, if we're going to talk about that. A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. When you think about that statement by President Teddy Roosevelt and compare it to a man named Voltaire. Anyone heard of Voltaire? He was a famous French philosopher back in the 1700s, that Enlightenment period, if you're looking at history. He uh, once boasted that his own writings would make the Bible so discredited among the people, so outdated that eventually people would forget about it. And so he boasted that within 100 years of his life, that the Bible would only be found in museums. That's what he boasted. You know, I think God has a sense of humor. If you know the story of Voltaire, here's what happened. Well, within 100 years, this guy was dead. And his own house was owned by a Bible society that used his house to store and print and distribute Bibles. Isn't that great? God has a sense of humor. God's word stands forever. So that means that as decade after decade and century after century rolls on by, God's word will stand forever. As nations come and go, and you can look at history, they rise and they fall. And so we need to remember that as we think about our great country, the United States of America, we're not going to be any different than the Roman Empire or any of these other great nations, will we? They come and they go. They rise and they fall. And even though at the height of their glory, it seems like they'll never fade away. They'll be here forever. We learn from history that nations come and go, they rise and fall, but God's Word still stands. Emperors and kings and rulers come and go. But God's word still stands. People may try to dismiss God's word and explain away God's word. And even like Voltaire, try, try to get rid of God's word. There's been a lot of folks in history who have made it their life's goal 
to get rid of the Bible, to make it something that people will only see in a museum. But God's Word still stands. Humanity withers and fades, but God's Word stands forever. That's why we need to be Scripture alone kind of people. Like Martin Luther and other reformers in, his, in the 1500s willing to stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. God's Word alone is our authority. That is what we are to stand on. Scripture and Scripture alone. And unless we're willing to do that today, we really can't stand up and say that we're celebrating the Reformation. Because we wouldn't be. Unless we have those same convictions and are willing to stand upon the same things, we really can't celebrate the Reformation. But I pray that by God's grace we will continue to do that as we have been. And I'm thankful for our AFLC and the bold stance that they're willing to take upon God's Word. Scripture alone. We need to be Scripture alone kind of people. Let's pray. Lord, we live in a world where it's becoming increasingly unpopular to believe in Your Word. And Lord, at the same time, with having such easy access to our Bibles, we can take Your Word for granted. Help us, Lord, to stand firm upon Your Word and to treasure Your Word as the gift that it really is. Thank You for giving us the Bible. Thank You for those who have gone before us and stood upon the truth that Your Word alone is to be our authority. Help us to be faithful as individuals, as a church, and also thinking of our church family, the AFLC. Help us to be faithful in standing upon Your Word. And help us to see again, and be reminded of again this morning, that Your Word is so relevant. That, Lord, in Your Word we find the answers that we need to the big questions in life. We find wisdom and instruction for daily living that we find encouragement and comfort from the promises that we find in Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for how Your Word informs us and equips us for every good thing. So we thank You for that and we pray that You would help us to continue to be Scripture alone kind of people. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.